Hey there, everybody. Welcome in. You're listening to the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. So this is the second podcast uh, that we're putting out this week. The first one was put out on Monday night with Cedric Duncan. We talked politics and the first debate is tonight. So I am definitely uh, going to be tuning into that. Uh, if you didn't want to hear about politics so you skip to this one i'm not going to jabber on about it um but anyways if, if you are interested uh that podcast is up now uh, if you're listening to this podcast it is definitely up but anyways on this podcast i talk nba finals and the nba with my friend devin clark always a pleasure to catch up with him and chat about hoops uh we've actually been told before that we should do it professionally together so Anyways, thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy Devin and I's conversation about the NBA Finals. Bye. What's up, everybody? I'm here with my friend Devin. Devin, what's up, man? What's up, Michael? It's good to be back. Well, as you listeners might know, or you might not, the NBA Finals starts tomorrow night, Lakers against the Heat. If you remember, I did a NBA playoffs preview uh, on the podcast about a month ago, or maybe even longer than that. It might have been like six weeks ago, actually, where I picked all the first series, and I will say I was mostly right. But what I did not see happening was the heat coming out of the Eastern Conference, which I think has been a shocker to even the smart basketball fan. Uh, though they were a dark horse candidate coming in, it's been pretty impressive. Devin, did you have the heat in the finals? No, I did not. I had, I think in my official picks, I had the Bucks. I mean, who didn't, you know, when it came to the Eastern Conference? I, I My homer pick was obviously for my Celtics. So this last round was a little bit of a, a tough, tough cookie to swallow. Um, but it was, um, you know, not surprising that the Celtics made as far as they did, but to see the Heat make it as far as they did in the Eastern Conference Finals, I was like, wow, that's, you know, I've I've been trashing on Jimmy Butler, just like thinking this guy can't do it. He can't make it to the finals. He's he's not going to be the one that's going to lead his team there. And yet here he is. And I have to kind of eat my words a little bit. But um, no, I, I did not see the Heat making it this far. But here we are. Yeah, I think with... With NBA players, we sort of divide them up into tiers. And Jimmy Butler just seemed like a guy who's going to be the best player on his team, but his team's never going to be like a serious contender. Right. He seemed like one of those guys. And uh, he has proven us wrong here. And truth be told, uh, Butler's played well, but they have a great team. Oh, yeah. Uh, they They have one of the best coaches who's been long underrated. And I think that's what happens when you coach LeBron James. It's like, oh, uh, your championships, they're LeBron's championships. However you were involved with that before, it's not really like, <laughs> it's not like a great job by you. It's mainly LeBron. And I think that's what we do. Uh, Spo is proving that he is every bit worth having those rings and is trying to get another one. Yeah, I didn't believe in Spo until, you know, the last couple of years when the, the NBA, you know, hardcore truthers are in here saying, you know, suppose, you know, one of the top three, five, whatever coaches in the NBA. And I was, you know, I was one of the people originally who was like, nah, it was just LeBron. 
just LeBron and D Wade winning those championships. But I mean, I hate this hurts me so much. But Brad Stevens got out coached hard by Spo in this last series, and so that like that really fully solidified it for me to be like, yeah, Spolstra is the real deal. Um, this guy knows what he's talking about. He knows how he's making his team. He's building his team. All of his, all of his schemes on defense were amazing. And, and the way that he was able to get different guys, the ball to score in this last series too. I mean, he's just, he's doing really, really good stuff. So let's, let's talk about the Celtics a little bit here. Do you think that they underachieved this year or are they about where they should be growth wise? Um, I think they're about where they should be. And then where they should be next year is about the same place, if not hopefully in the finals. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that they are a team that should be in game, you know, either winning or, or losing a really, really tough matchup in the second round of the playoffs every year. Um, you know, just depending on where you get seated and who you have coming at you, they should be beating, or losing in a seventh game to someone like Toronto or whoever, you know, and then being in the in the conference finals next year should be the same thing. Um, I think Jason Tatum made a big jump this year. He was really impressive. Um, Jalen Brown was really, really good all year. I, I think the most surprising thing to me was was the three point shooting from Marcus Smart this year. He was uh, hitting at about 39 percent, I want to say it may have been more like 37 by the end of playoffs. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at those numbers since things ended. But, I mean, he was like a good three-point shooter, like a good three-point shooter, not just like a, a streaky. Like, he was, like, really reliable all of the playoffs. Um, and, you know, you add Kemba Walker into the team this year, and they looked awesome. Uh, to me, I love Daniel Tice, but, man, he just got in foul trouble a lot. Um, I want to see what Robert Williams can do developmentally over this next offseason. But you bring back those guys that I just mentioned, and I mean, they're going to be a problem for, you know, the next five years if, if that team sticks together. Yeah, I'm, I think a lot of people are really intrigued by the Eastern Conference, especially with the, the looming potential of the Brooklyn Nets yeah. um, being a factor. But, you know, it... I just they're either going to be really good or they're going to like fall apart and like be the sixth seed again because like their chemistry might just be a disaster and Steve Nash might not be able to <laughs> to get them where they need to go or yeah. they'll be great and who knows what will happen. So on the, on the Marcus Smart thing, when I'm watching and I'm rooting for the Celtics, I'm incredibly frustrated by him. I'm incredibly frustrated by him. He he down like in the playoffs, the amount of shots that he would take down the stretch when he should be the third or fourth option on the floor was infuriating to me. And I think it might just be like a seniority thing. Like Tatum and Brown aren't just like, give me the ball. And you've got uh Kimball Walker struggled, but just like I feel like Marcus Smart, like there's like an entitlement thing where he's like, well, I am grinding on defense. I'm our best defensive player. I'm entitled to like some shots. Right. And I don't know that that's actually how it should be. If that's actually a strategy that, that could work. I think he just heat checks himself a lot, you know, like he, he, cause he has those stretches. Uh, I think it was maybe the beginning of this last game six or s- maybe game five. I can't remember, but like, 
first quarter, maybe five minutes in or so. And I mean, he hits like two or three threes in a row. And so he's, he's like, he's heating up. You can tell he feel he's feeling himself a little bit. And I think that that confidence remains through two or three more quarters of basketball. And so he has those moments where there's, you know, six minutes left in the fourth quarter and they're down by four and he's pulling from three, which, you know, if it's open, I really am comfortable with him taking that shot. You know, there's that that part inside me from the Marcus Smart of three, four years ago that like really cringes still when he when he pulls mm-hmm. up from three, especially late in the game. But, you know, over the last year or so, I've actually felt really confident about it. And so but but I think you're right. It's it's the crunch time shots that you know have have kind of continued to stay up for him where he should be looking to distribute but if it's open i don't blame him so it's just tough because i you know i i do think yeah tatum brown kemba need to be the ones with the ball in their hands in that moment in those moments but um you know that's basketball for you You, 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 sometimes you you can get easily mad about marcus smart taking too many shots but then sometimes marcus smart hits those shots and you're like he's the best so (laughs) yeah that's true i want to know as a celtics fan watching the heat series who did you not want to have the ball down the stretch for the heat like who were you the most afraid of because they had i mean Hero went off for a game. Yep. Drogas had some good numbers. Jimmy Butler obviously is Jimmy Butler, and Bam. They each had moments in the series, like, do, like down the stretch of a game. Like, who are you sweating when they get the ball? Yeah, that's the thing. It, it was every. It was a different guy every night, and it was Jimmy Butler coming into the series. Like I mentioned earlier, like Jimmy's the guy I've always, you know really disliked for the Celtics. I remember games for him playing in Philly and and Chicago where he, you know, regular season games, I think for both thing both the times I was thinking of, but just hitting clutch shots to bury us like at the last second. And so I just was trying to avoid every possible Jimmy Butler dagger that I could this series. And yet they came from guys like Hero and Duncan Robinson and and Bam taking over for an entire game and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, there was not a single person besides Jimmy going into it that I was afraid of. And by the end of it, I was afraid of everyone. <laughs> there was like every yeah. time I was like, someone's going to get a bucket here. So, yeah, I think as a late, as if I was a Lakers fan and I will be rooting for the Lakers just because I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. And when I say I'm a LeBron fan for all the aggregators out there, I'm not saying I'm like one of those illogical LeBron fans who thinks there's <laughs> that he's like supremely the goat. And like, I, 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 I don't even think he's, you know, I think the Jordan debate is a little old and needs to be put to bed. Like he's not Michael Jordan. He's never going to be Michael Jordan. But anyways, as I was saying, as a, as someone who's going to be rooting for the Lakers, I think that the hope, if you're rooting for the Lakers against the heat is that, Hero and Drogic don't absolutely destroy your guards. Yep. Because I don't, I don't think like I'm would be primarily worried about Butler because you have a uh, LeBron who can you can put on him, um, and I wouldn't not as worried about Adebayo because the Lakers have what the Celtics don't, and that's a lot of size. Yep. Exactly. And so I think I think I wouldn't be worried, and not just size, but like bigs that can move, like. 
Howard and McGee aren't great, but they are at least athletic, long guys. Yes. And that's something that outside of Tice, who's not even as big as those guys, they really didn't have, unless you're throwing Robert Williams in there, who is just too inexperienced. He's not ready. Right. Yeah. He's just not ready. And so I think one thing that I'm most excited about uh, seeing is what does Tyler Hero going to be able to do? Do they throw Caruso on Hero? Do they throw Caruso on Drogic? Same with Rondo. How are they going to match up there? One of the things with the Celtics, I know I've talked to you about this, is like the amount of time when Hero scored 37 points, the amount of time they had Kimball Walker on him was absurd. Uh, I know. And if if he's going off, you have to do something because he's not going to pass it. Right. He's not he's not giving the ball up if he's going. And so I think um as as someone who'd be rooting for the Lakers, I'm concerned. <laughs> I I don't I don't think this is going to be an easy series uh for the Lakers. And at the same time, I'm really excited that um that they had this bubble situation work out that they're having an NBA finals. One of the things I was the most like sad about at the end of the season was that LeBron has like so few years left in his prime and we were missing out on another season, another postseason um, uh, chance for him to get another ring. Not that that's going to make him really move at all in the goat rankings, but just like for him personally, I I felt for him if, if like one of his last Great yeah. years was going to get ripped out. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, this is this is the opportunity. You can tell how locked in he, he is right now after after the Denver series. You know, he's just like he's there to win. He's there to finish it out. He's in, and I think to him it does matter in in the conversation of of the you know who's the greatest basketball player ever. And you know to do it in three different franchises and all of that. I think that you know that's uh, that does matter to the conversation. I I think in the grand scheme of things you. you there's just this conversation is never is never objective as much as we want to make it objective by saying he's on his third, you know, with his third franchise and this and that and, and all these different things, you know, it's still subjective. But, you know, as much as things are subjective, you start to create an argument. And I think the that a championship this year would be a big part to that argument. So, um I want to go back real quick. We can talk about LeBron a little bit more moving forward, but but I, I want to make sure we mention or I really make sure that I ask this question because I was thinking about this earlier. This goes back to Tyler Hero. Who who is Tyler Hero? Like, what is his comp? Like, what is like? I, I've had such a hard time wrapping my mind around him as as a player over the last year because he's so talented. He's got this, you know great scoring ability he's long he can shoot but he's he's he never really disappears from games he's always you know a threat in some way i I just i want to hear your thoughts because i just i can't place him i can't place tyler hero in my mind yeah i think um coming in i had seen him play a little bit at kentucky last season or two seasons ago whatever that was these days like I know he's a rookie but it was kind of two seasons ago right um he was at Kentucky and uh he he was a guy who could shoot it I knew that and he could put the ball on the floor in college Mm -hmm. 
but I think most people, like casual fans, and even myself, like I didn't know if he'd be able to put the ball on the floor at the NBA, um, and that's something that he's been able to do. I yeah. mean, he looks, he looks like I, I, the comp that I'm going to use here, and I, I don't love doing this, just like comping white guy to white guy, but like I think Manu Ginobili is like the the comp for him. Interesting. Uh, okay. Somebody that that I think his game can grow into because he's a good driver. He can pass on the drive. He can shoot it. He's, he's, he's an all around offensive player. Um, defensively, you're not afraid of him, but did Ginobili have the same ability to like heat up like that? Like, I yeah, I, mean, I think maybe I think Ginobili so. was a microwave, maybe not to the same extent that hero showed with 37 the other night. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, for his era, um, nobody like Ginobili would be lighting it up for 37. Like, the game was played at a different pace and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, he's Ginobili is the comp that I would use um, for Hero. But, yeah, I mean, he is definitely a unique. And I think, uh, I don't know if, if, if I was texting you or somebody, a group of people about this, but like it's always like trying to make comps, and I think sometimes our comp comparisons fall short because at the end of the day, like these are new players in a new era um, who are innovating in a way that that we haven't seen before. Right. I think that's kind of the point that that I was trying to make or that I was trying to come to at, at some point was just to me. There's it's it's hard to find someone who's comparable for him. And solely because of just like his athleticism, his shooting. I mean, there's a lot of athletic shooters in the NBA. Don't get me wrong, but just I don't know the way that the way that he does it, and and the way that he just kind of the story behind him and how he got to where he is. Like, you know, he coming out of the draft, Tyler Hero was like, yeah, he's a pretty good player, but it was not like Tyler Hero is like a top, you know, top player in the in in this draft or anything. And so. Um, he was just a little bit more surprising than I thought he was going to be. And and the thing is, too, I don't want to talk about him like he is the next big thing because he had one really big game in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then he's had other games where he really does show up. He shoots. He hits really big shots at big times. But it's not like he's proven anything more than just, you know, a couple of those moments And it, because he's got a young career. He's not that super deep into his career. And so... It's hard to make a big comparison, like we're saying. But I don't know. I just I think I'm just trying to learn about the kid as I watch him absolutely destroy my team for a whole game and be yeah. like, man, he could be really, really good. And it's a little bit terrifying. Um, so yeah, I just I, that, that was helpful though. I think the the Manu thing is is an interesting way to kind of look at it. So yeah, and I think um, one thing, a point I want to make about Hero going off in the bubble. Murray going off in the bubble. Mm-hmm. We're seeing guys that um, haven't been consistently, who are young, who haven't been consistently very, really good players. Um, we're seeing them find consistency here in the bubble. And I wonder if it has been to the advantage of some young guys, especially young shooters, where they're in the same gym every night or one of two gyms, and they're having the same situation there's no crowd uh where they're they may be able to get into a rhythm more like i know you probably know guys who uh in an in an empty gym 
like before you start playing pickup, they're just like hitting shot after shot after shot after yep. shot. And all of a sudden, once the game is on, they're not. Once there's someone in their face, they're not. And I wonder for them, it's like they can hit shot after shot after shot with dudes in their face. But once you add another level of like fans and different atmospheres and all sorts of stuff like that, I wonder if that will play a part. I'm I'm excited to see if we get a non-bubble season next year. Um, if somebody like Jamal Murray, if Tyler Hero is going to be able to continue their their rise uh, right. towards stardom, because I think that is an element that we're not seeing. Yeah, it's definitely a factor. You know, a lot of these guys have played in front of huge crowds at some point in their lives, and so they've they've shown their ability to do that. But yeah, you know, you wonder if in Hero's first playoffs, if some of those games were in Boston. Uh, if if the moment would have been maybe not too big for him, but you know, it, it, if it would have changed to kind of the way that, that that happened for some of those guys if they were on the road. But you know, I, I saw Jamal Murray drop forty nine against the Celtics in Denver, and so he's obviously you know huge game kind of guy. He's 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 got the ability to to go off and score fifty like he did twice in a row um, in the Western Conference semis, um, and so. You know, I think all these guys do have those abilities, but you're right. You know, when, especially when you're considering the rise to stardom for a younger player, I think this it, it could be a factor. Uh, it could have been a factor for some of some of the guys that we've seen so far. But I think the one of the biggest factors we're going to be able to tell over this next series is you're about to play LeBron James. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. that's that's almost the same thing as playing in front of you know hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. Um, over the course of a series. And so being on the same floor as LeBron James, I think is going to make some people tuck their tails no matter what. So I think we'll be able to tell, you know, maybe not fully, but pretty well what Tyler Hero is, what what Duncan Robinson is, what um, what Bam Adebayo are, is, what who all these guys are once they're kind of, you know, hey, this is the best of the best, so let's see what you got. And, and LeBron is on a mission. So um, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Well, I mean, and we saw with the with the Nuggets, uh, we saw them come back three one on the Jazz. We saw them come back three one on the Clippers. And if if I'm on that Nuggets team and we came back three one on the Clippers, beating them three times in a row, I'm thinking I think we can win the finals. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, but LeBron has that team locked in in a way that I don't that the heat might be the only team that could match it. Um, just the way that they are locked in. Like yeah. when, when the heat beat somebody they're not, they act like they've been there before, even though they haven't. Right. Yeah. Like they, the other than Iguodala, I mean, they don't have a single guy who's played in the finals. Um, guys like Drogic, Adebayo, Hero, Robinson, uh, Crowder. I mean, Crowder, I think he was on a Celtics team that made the conference finals yeah. of several years ago, but like they're, they're all guys who this is a, a huge spot for them. And I mean, that said, LeBron's not playing with a bunch of guys who have been there, done that either. Right. Uh, I mean, you got, got, got guys like JaVale who's, who had the, was on those Warriors teams. Dwight's been in a finals. Rondo's been there, but then you're counting on Kentavious Caldwell Pope, <laughs> Alex Caruso, and Kyle Kuzma, uh, which is not. I mean, I I don't 
I don't know what to expect from the finals. Me I, either. And I, it, I think that people are going to have a really hard time predicting what's what's happening. I agree. Um, and it feels disrespectful that we haven't even mentioned Anthony Davis like once yet. Like that to me is the crazy part about kind of how this is developing. You know, I think everyone knows Anthony Davis is going to be a factor, and yet it's it's LeBron, it's it's the storylines behind the heat coming out with hero and out of bio and, and Jimmy Butler. And I mean, man, it's, it's going to get hot here with Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis can do what he can do. Um, I think people somehow have started to forget about AD almost. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, you know, that's probably not fully true, but just, I think about how intense this last series was with the Celtics and heat. So maybe it's just kind of recency bias of, of the intensity of that, that Eastern conference finals with the the Western Conference being done a few days before then, but I don't know. I think I think AD hitting that big shot uh, in Game Four, maybe um, of the of the uh, Western Conference Finals. Um, he's he he's gonna if he's gonna bring that energy and that focus and the, and that drive to score, like he he might be the X factor. It, you know, everyone says it's always gonna be LeBron, but like AD, AD I bet AD could be like, hey, I you know. I'm going to score 35 a game in this and, yeah. and really try to show that like I'm I'm here just just as meaningful as LeBron is. So hopefully I want to see that fire out of AD. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm I, a take that's just been festering inside of me this playoffs especially is like was Anthony Davis just like sandbagging in New Orleans because <laughs> because like the like, why isn't he, like, getting hurt? Why isn't he, like, oh, I, I twisted myself funny. I'm going to go – I'm going to sit the rest of the game out. Like, the stuff that we saw in New Orleans, like, like every time he goes down, collective gasp among all Pelicans fans. <laughs> yep. I, I don't feel that same vibe right now. I don't know if it's, like, he got on, like, the LeBron workout plan <laughs> or what. But, I mean, he seems like – he is coming into his own in a way that that I think people hoped, but I think there was a lot of doubters out there, myself included, about Anthony Davis. I, I didn't know that he could stay healthy for this long. And I know if you look at the games played in New Orleans, uh, the last year he was there, he didn't miss uh, many games at all with injury. The last two years he was there, he didn't miss a ton of games. But there was this rep that he had about this sort of fragile – uh, superstar, and I feel like he has been sort of remade uh, by LeBron James, which this is once again us giving all credit to LeBron James when maybe Anthony Davis just like got better or maybe the coaches coached him well or something like that. But uh, obviously on a LeBron James team, a lot of credit goes to LeBron rightly or wrongly. Right, right. Um, well, I'm, so, I was talking to one of my buddies uh, who lives out in Denver um, and just talking about the frustration of, you know, just some of the calls that were being made, you know, in, in favor of the Lakers. And I didn't watch that series quite as close, but, um, you know, uh, it was just funny to, to hear him kind of act in frustration there because that was how I felt for, you know, the first 11 years of LeBron's career, however long he was in Cleveland and, and Miami and and all of that, you know, all those different moments once he had really kind of ascended into, you know, his greatness that that everyone thought it would be. And 
you know, yeah, he he got all the calls and and the the um, all the commentating was was focused on LeBron and everything. And so I think that's part of it too. How it, you know you kind of forget that AD is out there. Um, you know, I've heard a, a few things in media over the last week or so that you know AD's ankles are you know they're holding up, but they you know that could be the problem spot. But you know, I think he's going to be fine. I think this game or I think this series is going to go at least six games, but it may not. And maybe we'll see AD and Braun just close them out in four or five. I think, I think it's very possible. I don't, I don't predict that to happen, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. What's so, your, what's your prediction? How, 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 uh, how do you think this series is going to play yeah, out? Yeah. So I, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I think this is, the series is really hard to predict because the matchups are so interesting, and these are not two teams like we've seen play. Right. Like once you once you're seeing um, Cavs Warriors for the fourth time, you kind of know what what the deal is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once you were seeing Heat Spurs for the second year in a row, you you kind of knew what was up. These are two teams that don't have. I mean, basically zero experience playing against each other because this Heat team is not even really the Heat team that we saw most of the regular season. Right. And so um, if I had to take a shot in the dark, I would probably say Lakers in six because I don't think – I think what we saw last series from the Heat is that they were able to outsmart a really young team – and the Celtics were not really able to recover quickly at all. Like it would right. take multiple games for them to come up with like a, a, a good adjustment. Uh, and they never figured out the zone. No, um, they didn't. It was so, it was so infuriating. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, I don't think the heat are going to be able to do that to LeBron. No, I don't think so. Either. I, I think if the heat are able to win, it is going to come down to just, some really great shot making from them and they're going to have to really force the ball into Rondo, Caruso, Kuzma, uh, KCP's hands because I don't think that they uh, have the guns to go at LeBron and Davis. But the truth is all the Lakers need is for Danny Green to have a series uh, like he did uh, the two times they played against the Heat in the finals. Yep. If they, if they, if he has those types of series where he's shooting upper forty percent from three, which we haven't seen in a long time from him. No. But if he's able to tap into that, Kuzma has a game, which Kuzma could have a game. Rondo has a game. I think that the Lakers are probably the win. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't think I'm. I think if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said no contest, Lakers over Heat. But just, I, I'm not, I don't feel good about picking against the Heat right now. I don't either. I'm doing it, but I don't feel good about it. I don't either. I was going to say Lakers in five, and I hate I hate saying that. Like, I just think that's really ignorant of me to say, to be completely honest. But, you know, that's how I feel. I think LeBron is is going to, you know, have one game where he scores – 20 with like six rebounds and seven assists and that's gonna be the game they lose and it's gonna be close 
And other than that, I, you know, that's that's how I feel. But I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I don't feel good saying that. I think yeah. the, I think the Heat. I think Jimmy Butler's got such a fire lit under him, and I think the other guys on that team are going to want to compete. So, but that that is my my official prediction put out into the the web space. So I I will take any heat that wants to come at me because of that. <laughs> yeah, I think either way, I will be happy for whoever wins this series. Yeah, I like totally that. Agree. N- neither of these teams are people I want to root against. Um, like this is not the Clippers. If the Clippers were in this, I would be rooting so hard for the Heat. Yep. Uh, this isn't the Kevin Durant Warriors. I mean, these are both teams that if if they're able to win, um, it'll be really meaningful. Uh, if a guy like Jimmy Butler is able to prove himself like worthy of the best player on a Finals team, that's gonna do something for his reputation and. Uh, his legacy that I don't think anyone would have put any money on. Totally agree um, with that. And I think it's going to do something for Eric Spolster's legacy, and it's going to be a testament to the Heat franchise. I know pretty much all we do now is hear about Heat culture right. and how it's this amazing thing. They're the, I feel like they're the new Spurs. Like for, for 15, 20 years, all we heard was, Spurs culture, yep. and and now I feel like the Heat might be that new team that's always going to be around. Yeah, they're always going to yeah. be there. And when there's not like a great team in their conference, they might come out of it, um, just because I think they're going to be there. I think the Raptors are a lot the same way, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the East is no slouch anymore. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't take the, the team like the Rockets or the Jazz or the Thunder, or any of those teams over any of the top four teams in the East. So I think that um, the East is for real. I'm excited uh, about the future, but I think in this finals, uh, this is an opportunity for LeBron to get one more, and I think it will be really meaningful for him. I don't. Do you think that this really changes the way people view LeBron if he wins this or loses it? Um. Yes, only in small ways. I think kind of like I mentioned earlier, like for the LeBron truthers out there, if he wins this, it's like, boom, that's his third third franchise to win a championship with. This is his, what would this be? His fourth four. ring? Yeah. This would be four. And so, you know, that's a big deal, you know, trying to get to, you know, something like the six that Jordan did or whatever. But then on the opposite side of that, you know, if he doesn't do it, you know, the Jordan people are, you know, going to make the same thing, make, you know, make the opposite claim where they're just saying, hey, you know, he's he's good. But, you know, he didn't he didn't do it, you know, like he said he was going to. and He didn't have that killer mentality and he didn't have that closing mentality. And and I just think that that's crap personally. But, you know, it is what it is. Um I think no matter what the outcome is, someone's going to make a take. Someone's going to make a claim about what this says about LeBron. I don't think there's, in the grand scheme of things, much that you can do at this point to really change the conversation. I think the conversation is just going to always be, you know, I think I think LeBron's reached a point in his career where, you know, it's going to take, you know, three or four, like, championships in the end of his career to really be like, wow, look at what he did in the twilight of his career as opposed to, someone like Jordan or whatever. 
Is that possible? I, sure. I, you know, is that likely? I don't think so. Um, but I think otherwise there's enough, there's enough on both sides of the argument to always make a counterpoint to whatever someone's going to say. So I, right. I think he has a great chance this year to, to really firm up his legacy as, as that guy, but you know, someone's always going to be on the other side of it trying to argue. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah. I think once you have this large of a sample size, any sort of data that you get win or loss or whatever happens with LeBron's career from now on, I just, I just don't, see much changing yeah Uh, it's the same it's the same way i feel about donald trump's taxes coming out it's like (laughs) it's like love him or hate him this is just gonna reinforce the what you already think about it that's exactly right you you either are either he's a genius further or he's the worst he paid or you're like oh yeah that that's how the tax system works you know so right yeah i totally i I think that's a good that's a good point it's to the it's to the same way with LeBron. It's either if he loses, everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, well, he just made his like eleventh NBA Finals appearance or tenth right. or tenth or eleventh, I think eleventh NBA Finals appearance." So what are you talking about? He's not that good, like not the great, not great. And then the other side is going to be like, "Well, he he lost." <laughs> so like every everyone already knows what their take is going to be at the end. So I don't, I think it's, it is what it is with LeBron's career at this point. One thing I would love to see uh, is him play with his son. Mm -hmm. Like that would just be like a really cool thing, but that's assuming a lot. That's assuming that like Bronny is a good enough player to play in the NBA, that he stays off the weed, like uh, so many things. So <laughs> I, I don't can't know wait you, for LeBron to return that, home. If you caught that story, they're like <laughs> Bronny, like posted on his Instagram story instead of his close friend story or something like that of yeah. him like smoking or the other day. All the all the memes are LeBron heading home to to whip up on Bronny. I was cracking up, man. That's so funny. <laughs> If LeBron was your dad, that would be horrifying. I'd be terrified. Like, it, like uh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would be very well behaved if that was the case. Uh, I think the take that we have not gotten to yet so far that I think we need to make sure we mention is how great Iguodala is to be making his sixth final in a row. Ugh. <laughs> Man, I he's the I real. I really don't like Andre Iguodala. I'm not a huge Iggy fan. I know you, you're a you're a Memphis guy, so you, you know you, you you can have your frustration with him over the last you know beginning of this last season. But um, it is interesting that he's you know he found his way onto another Finals team. That that is really yeah. fascinating. I'm happy for Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill. I'm not happy for Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yeah. I um, had a moment earlier. Yeah, I, 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 I think like people say Andre Iguodala is a Hall of Famer. And I guess everyone gets into the NBA Hall of Fame, but should they? Right. Like, should he be a Hall of Famer? I think that, like, apparently Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer. I mean, where do we draw the line with this? Like, yeah. are we ready to put, like, Jamal Murray in yet? Like, Right. <laughs> right. I mean, okay, I will say this. The, one of the most annoying and frustrating things about – 
ESPN Twitter is that they will always find a stat that tells you the game you just watched was historic. Right. And if that means they have to go to four variables to prove that, they will. Anything after two variables, like anytime Tyler Hero ends up on a list with like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson, it's like, I don't know that this is a really insightful stat. These are the only guys to have ever scored, you know, 30 points, four rebounds, and 12 assists in a game. And it's just like, okay, in a playoff game, sure. It's like, you know, I know that's not the real numbers, but, you know, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah. We will create anything to put anyone in a certain conversation if we ha- if we want to. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you on that it with Iggy because I want to know who works for ESP and that that's their job. Like right. they must have a team of people just like blind, like just going in and just throwing stats into a database. Right. It's amazing, honestly. Yeah. But or at they- the same time, it's like I'm. I don't care about. Yeah. I don't care about this stuff. Maybe they have some some special algorithm that's you know pushing out names with people with similar stats. Now that the guy who created that, that's probably the job. It's not someone just in there trying to find the right person. There's someone who created some kind of computer module that is pushing out names to say, well, what this guy did in this game. You've also seen that from Oscar Robinson, and that would actually be really impressive. I actually, I want to know more about that because I have a feeling that that's probably what happens, but. Right. That's a little besides the point, but I, I that stuff's really interesting. Yeah. What if you're the Celtics? We'll just end with with a few just like random fake trades. I love. If this. you're the Celtics, what do you give up for Jamal Murray? Man, I don't know if he's the guy that you want. You know, for the for the team that the Celtics have built right now. Um. I mean, I think anyone would love to have Jamal Murray, but, you know, I think he is a little bit more, I can't even say reliable. It's just so hard. It's it's like, it's tough to compare him to someone like Kemba Walker. Kemba fits the Celtics culture and the Celtics build so well. But, you know, if I'm, if I need to fill that space, you don't need to have both those guys. So I would trade Kemba, you know, I would trade, um, I don't know. That's a good question. It, there's, there's, it's hard to, it's hard to fit a piece like Jamal in there. But there's got to be, there's got to be someone else that the Celtics can fill. I think to, to me, the Celtics need to get a guy over six foot ten. That I think that's the start. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what, what would, what would you give up for Embiid? I, I don't care for Embiid either. But, <laughs> um. If if Embiid was the guy or someone like Embiid, I think I I would give up. I'd give up Tice. I'd give up Gordon Hayward, and I'd give up a draft pick. Yeah, Gordon Hayward is, and that doesn't even get you. In for that doesn't season. get you Embiid. I want to make sure that's clear. That 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 package does not value Embiid, in my opinion. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone would ever accept that trade. But you got you got to start getting rid of you know someone like Gordon. Probably someone like Jalen Brown. And that, to me, at that point, that's not worth it. Right. Yeah, I think um, if I was the Celtics, I would try to move Hayward. That's how I Love the guy. But I also don't know what you can get for him. He's got one year left on his contract. I mean, 
it's just it's an expiring thirty million dollar contract. He's definitely opting in for next season, right? Because why would he you? would be he would be losing twenty million dollars if he didn't, right? Right. Um, so yeah. if they were yeah. going to move him, it needed to happen earlier this year, or the end of last year, and that just wasn't going to happen with his injury. So you know, and it would have been terrible of Boston to do that, just kind of like how they treated uh, Isaiah Thomas or whoever, you know, big injury and just ship him off, and so. I didn't see that happening, but that, honestly, that's when he still had value, even though he was coming back from injury, when he kind of started showing what he could do and what, with his healthy, his leg being all healed up, you know, you had to get rid of him earlier, but at this point, he's not worth much and it's just not going to happen, which is sad yeah. because I, I thought he was a great trade piece earlier in the season. And I like Gordon Hayward. It's not like I want, I'm like ready to ship off Gordon Hayward just like that. You know, I, I think, I think he, Creates great movement with the ball. He's a great shooter, pretty decent defender. Um, but I, I think if you got a guy like, you know, three wings and Tatum, Brown, and and Smart, if you want to call, he, he kind of stretches into that two to three world. I think you need to get rid of a guy like Gordon to fill a space like a really good four or five because that's what we're lacking. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to see if you remember something. Before you went to uh, Colorado, I'm pretty sure we were at Outback, and we were we were uh, just talking. And do you remember this guy comes from like the booth behind us, and he's like, "Do you guys talk about basketball on the radio?" I do remember that. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I was like. We were like, uh, no. He's like, well, like you should because like I could listen to you guys talk all day. Man, we should have got that guy's contact info to send him yeah. this pod. <laughs> so, guy, if you're out there, this is for you. That's this is for Outback guy. Yes. Every time I'm on the pod now, if this is to happen again, we'll make sure we shout out Outback guy in the hope that one day <laughs> he 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 tunes into the airwaves and, and finds us. Yeah, just by some like strange, like magic, cosmic miracle. Yeah, the algorithms. The algorithms. They they heard Outback in the MP3 file, and they know that guy goes to Outback. Yeah, somewhere in up. his receipts on his his app that that tracks his purchases is Outback, and somehow wherever your podcast is sent to, their algorithm is trying to kind of connect Outback listeners with this so hey i would say crazier things have have happened but really not not so much this this world is pretty algorithmatized at this point and that's not right. a word but you know what i mean so hey outback guy great great to see you hear from you think of you more than anything because we miss you outback guy this yeah. is for you <laughs> anything uh, you want to add before we close out no man this has been great I'm, I'm excited to watch these finals more than anything like we could make picks and predict all day but i just want to see good basketball we got bonus basketball this year with the whole covid thing so man what what a lucky time we are, are living in right now to be able to still watch basketball so hey if you're listening to this just be thankful for the for the chance to watch some basketball and some football and hopefully more football before mm. the uh 
the COVID stops the footballs, but <laughs> we'll, oh see, we'll see gosh, what happens dude. after. Did you the... see the Titans news today? Yeah, I did. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Oh. So I'm I'm nervous, but we don't have to get into it today. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Don't take LeBron James for granted. Exactly. Devin, it's been a blast today. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace, everybody. See ya.